Uh, yes, my friends, it is the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. He's Doug Norrie. I'm Adam Marmick. We thank you for making us your first listen free on all those great platforms. And Doug, the bonus podcast is on and something that we didn't talk about because it was a win, 114-113, because the Nets are 11-9, and good vibes all around. This is a game where you and I both thought, Cam Thomas, watch out. This is the difference maker. And I did at one point say, I think Cam may have listened to the podcast and taken it too literally when I said just replace Royce O'Neal's production from the last matchup with Atlanta with Thomas. Zero points. He, he got over that hump, but this was a struggle for the young player. Well, I doomed Cam Thomas earlier in the day when oh, I bet his points, pl- points plus rebounds plus assists at 23.5 and thought to myself, well, where are we just going to spend the money? Because it's not whether or not, it's just like, do we hit it in the first half? Was like an actual thought that went through my head. With that, lobster like, or gonna, steak, lobster and steak for dinner tonight. If he's going to be starting, we'll cash us at halftime and we'll see what else. We'll just see what else we can get up to. And so that was probably the beginning of the end for this performance. <laughs> Overall, six points, uh, one assist, one rebound, three for 10. There were for sure. And f- by the way, even if I, even if it was points plus rebounds, plus assists, plus turnovers, we still wouldn't got there, even with the five turnovers. Need to um, add minutes. Added minutes to that. <laughs> and Barrows would have scraped it. <laughs> there were for sure reasons why this was happening. I think this is one of the first games where we saw a, de- a definitive plan from the other team about what they were going to do when Cam Thomas touched the ball. Yep. And that was going to be hard trap, blitz him, kind of coming around the screen, hard hedge, right? So, like, show show some help and then kind of back off anything to stop his momentum from turning the corner. Cause he, what does he love to do? He loves to turn the corner on a screen, get a guy either on his back heel and he's right to the rim or he got, or he gets a guy just off of him enough where he can do that step back three, right? Like he's got a couple moves in his bag that really can, can throw off defenses, but they were stopping all that momentum was stopped. And it was actually like he was lost. I mean, for the first time, that I've seen him play, and I think you and I have watched every single Cam Thomas minute, um, and some more than more than once, right? So, like, I can definitively say this was the toughest he's had it, and it mm-hmm. was definitely because of w- how the Hawks were handling him, which I think is a good sign because I think we're going to see this correct pretty quick. But, yeah. um, like, I think, but there's, it's not a mistake. Like, this was the Hawks were like, this is what we're doing every time he touches the ball. And he just couldn't, he was lost. He was totally, I, th- I actually thought he was going to get benched earlier because he was so lost. And, and this is a part of the process, right? We we said this when he was having his big games early in the season. The, the next phase is going to be, what about when defenses, when other teams, when other coaching staff say, Cam Thomas is a problem, we need to prepare for him, right? Atlanta was willing to say in this game early, let's take Cam Thomas off the table and see if Cameron Johnson can step up and fill that void, right? Can Mikhail Bridges be the scorer? They were willing to do that. And and to your point, I believe, and actually, as we'll say here, I believe with Nader as well, I trust him to figure it out. Cam Thomas, his scoring gravity alone opens up so many opportunities. He just needs to play through his mistakes. The one caveat here is he needs to learn from his mistakes. The Brooklyn Nets are not in the business of playing through mistakes because playing through mistakes can also come with losses. So you can play 27 minutes and have a bad shooting night and have the coaching staff lean in other directions to make sure you get this win. I thought it's good that he didn't overdo it in those 27 minutes. 10 shots is still a ton, but he could have gone full nuclear and tried to hoist up 18 over that time. Instead, he disappeared for portions of this game. Other guys took over and ultimately they leaned on Dennis Smith Jr. and bench players to make sure they got this one across the line. So It'll be interesting well, and to see how he grows from this, right? 
Okay, so and here's the thing too, and here's why we wouldn't worry, and this is why we said like you know this is why I'm not going to worry about Cam Thomas after one of these games. One, I really think if we watch this, this is one of the first times he's seen definitive definitive defensive schemes like this, where it was like right. guys got are getting the tape and they're seeing it and they're like well, they just know now it's not a surprise anymore. They've got a you know a season of Cam Thomas in, and they're like here's ways you can slow it down. I mean, this was definitely coaching, like it was def- definitely coaching. Just watch, the, go back and watch it. Like this wasn't just a guy having an off night. This was a guy being thrown totally out of what he does in the first half. If you watch into the second half, though, what we started to see was very much – it didn't turn out great, but it was much quicker reactions off the initial blitz, right, to the point where they actually didn't do it as much because he was just passing out. Like the second he – you know, Capella or someone would come up to the level and he would see that it was coming – he would actually just pass out of it because mm-hmm. the second and, and and that actually got the ball moving a few times also. And then we saw Atlanta when they saw him doing that, they started backing off on it. And then he got a couple buckets. Like we started this. That's the progression that you see from a guy who's starting to like figure it out in real time. I'm not surprised after watching one. I'm a little surprised it's taking this long for other teams to scheme it. But two, I'm not I'm not worried about it because I think we already saw it start to happen. Like we already saw him passing out of these doubles and the second you do that like they're just not going to bring the doubles fast (laughs) because it's just because you're going to be because they're going to be on their back heel so i'm not worried about it it's a learning moment i mean i'll worry about it if it's like five games into this and it's still a problem but i I just don't think it's i'm just like very confident it's not going to be and and on top of which too it's also the coaching staff too right you know are you scheming for for the outlets for him are players aware that, they're, that the blitzes are coming at Cam Thomas. So making yourself available for him to get rid of it and his awareness plays a big role here. So not concerned about him, as Doug says. Coming up here in a second, we'll talk about you, the fans, and some of your questions and comments out of this game. We'll see if I can pull anyone's up that really get Doug's blood boiling. We'll get into that in just one second. All right, one more time so you don't forget. Make sure you visit our friends over on FanDuel. No better time to get into the FanDuel action NFL, you're rolling through the season there. NBA, they got so many different things you can get into. But the one you really want to get into here, if you're a new customer, is making a money line bet. All you got to do is make a $5 money line bet if you're a new customer. And if your team wins, like the Brooklyn Nets did tonight, $150 in bonus bets that you can use on all different kinds of stuff on FanDuel spreads, player props, over-unders, so much more. The aforementioned player prop over there for Cam Thomas. It's all right. I'm not mad at I'm not mad at FanDuel. I'm not mad at anybody. I just love getting on FanDuel and doing some of this stuff. You can get in on the action too. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get in on the action this NBA season. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. So the Brooklyn Nets get the road victory, 114-113. We're in the post-podcast podcast. We're you, the fans, at Locked On Nets. If you've got questions or, frankly, just comments, here's a question. KD who? Am I right, Jared? You get it. <laughs> what, a, what a great game. And also, that's the kind of vibes you want, man. We're all trying to – we've all turned that page. We've all moved on from that chapter of the Brooklyn Nets organization. But it never hurts. It still feels good just to say a little something. Also, I thought this one I found was kind of interesting, and it also gives us a chance to talk a little Dayron Sharp. Um, just tweaking Sharp and Claxton are the same player. Now, I disagree with the premise, but I think we should highlight how good Dayron was in this game in his 19 minutes. He's been great, man. He's been great. He leads the team in net rating. Um, he's taking an, a leap here for sure. I mean, the coaching staff clearly has so much trust in him. He's gotten significantly better. Confidence is all the way there, it would seem. Um, his decision-making has gotten considerably better. And we already know he's already one of the best. He actually tonight he might be uh, maybe not tonight, but like he was top five in uh, points per uh, rebounds per minute, both offensive and defense in the NBA. So it's just like an elite, elite rebounder. 
getting better at the rim protection still could not amazing finishing around the rim, but I think we've seen improvements there. He's just been good. Like I, there's just, yeah. that's just it point stop. He's been good. And to the point where I was thinking, I was like, man, are they going to close all the way with him? He played up to like the three and a half minute mark in the fourth. And then they, and then they subbed in Claxton, but I was actually, he was playing so well that I wondered <laughs> if they would just keep playing. One of the reasons he's been able to stay on the court more this year, by the way, than last year, it's one, he's improved. But two, the fact that they're playing so much more drop defense as their base coverage means that they can sort of swap these guys in and out a little more because Dayron is going to exclusively play drop. And that is the leading to is, him. is ready for them both. Exactly, because last year they had to keep switching because they would switch everything with Claxton and then they would try to play drop with Dayron. And it's hard to kind of maneuver between the two and because they're just like wholesale changes. So the fact that they are playing those same base coverage for both guys pretty much is one of the reasons you're seeing more sharp minutes, but it's been great because he's getting more court time. He's getting confidence and he's not going to be a Claxton replacement, but he's like a really, really good backup big at this point. And I also like, I, I like his offensive game. I like him in the pick and roll. Sometimes I think the you know, the work that he does when you drop it down, like I was trying to watch tonight relative to where Claxton comes out to on offensive sets versus Dayron, right? Dayron, a little bit better, obviously, setting some screens for players. But I also thought the give and go that he has, like he has a soft touch when it comes to giving it to a guy working around the curl, getting in towards the basket, in on the elbow, in towards the paint. So there's some things I think I like. He's just developing well. And it's a good reminder, like fans and you and I, the Cam Thomas, you know, issue with the team and, and getting him in there. That we knew going all the way back to last year, right? Okay, when is this going to happen? It needs to happen. It should have happened already. With Dayron, this feels more like this is why you need to be patient with, with young players because the developmental track can take a couple of years. And you said it. He's a good backup big. Like, that's great. And that's what you need. And for a team that desperately needs rebounding, he also serves that role absolutely perfectly for this I mean, don't team. you feel, real quick, don't you feel so much more confident when he comes in games now? Oh, and the, the re Like, I just don't. Yeah, last year I would kind of fret it a little bit. I would get worried that what we were going to see, but I just, you can tell guys getting better when we're getting past that initial feeling of, we're just talking about him in a totally different way. He deserves it. I'll put it this way. You know, when we were talking about scouting players, we said, you know, you said it, we need, you know, a couple of guys that are just kind of, you know, chaotic, They just bring raw energy. And that's mostly what Dayron has been in his career. It's like he gets in there and he's ultra aggressive about getting rebounds and it all kind of looks a little crazy and there's a lot of fouls that get taken and you can't trust that he's going to stay on the court. It's why if I, again, Mr. Activity, let's get this name going here, fellas. Otherwise, I'd say like, oh, it would have been Mr. Chaos a year ago. But now it's Mr. Activity because it's a little more controlled. It's playing within the system and you can actually trust that he can go from, from defensive to offensive end and play with players and play with more than one combination. There was also that problem, too, in previous years where it was like, Dayron, it's this one facet, and he's going to drag things down at other times. It does feel much more like he's a fluid part of what they want to accomplish as opposed to a bit of an outlier who does this thing really well rebounding. And right? like, I, yeah, and I just think it's a combination of he's gotten better, like he's leaner, he's actually he's much better in much better shape, he's much yeah. stronger, and they're just playing a more conducive system for him to get in on the court with like all different kinds of personnel. Right, he can just play with more guys now. Yeah. Like he couldn't play with everyone last year. Now he can just play with a lot of different guys when they're not because they're not switching everything. How about John? By the way, all you Yankee that. fans out there, uh, Yankees just got Juan Soto. Anyway, we can keep going. Uh, um, Juan Soto, great, another expensive <laughs> player. They won't win. Anyway, uh, I think I'm a Yankees fan. Maybe I don't know. Uh, Jonathan, frequent flyer. How great is it to have vets like Dennis, like Dennis 
Oh, Dorian and Royce. Sorry, I thought that was yeah, again yeah. as Dorian uh, Smith Jr. So he was mushing them all together. Uh, Dorian and Royce, who put such emphasis on playing consistent defense and doing all the stuff that doesn't show up on the stat sheets. Listen, I mean, Dennis Smith Jr. is young. He's 25, I think, right? He, and, he, and he has been in the league, though, for a number of years. But guys that are in their 30s, like Doe and like Royce, this is the vision of them. Right? It was never the vision for Dorian Finney-Smith to be playing max minutes in the starting rotation for you. So you'd like them to be able to do some of the little things. Defensively, beyond even Dennis Smith Jr., did you feel like, because I thought this was a really good game to watch after having just had the discussion about, there's a difference between effort and sound execution, right? The scrambling out on, on perimeter shooters is sometimes a result of making two mistakes prior to that and trying to close out. There was still a bit of that in this game, but I did think the Nets were a little bit more connected defensively. You have to at least feel pretty good about it when you hold Atlanta to 113. Yeah, yeah, I thought they were. I thought they were pretty much fine tonight. I mean, that, like I said, that second unit really got after it. Um, I mean, they committed a lot of fouls, and so especially early. So it was like yeah. they it was like sort of aggressive with not without you know, probably getting up close to being unhinged. But in general, no, I thought like the the defense was mostly fine. There's still probably few too many easy looks. I think we're gonna hopefully see this continue to improve. But like we said before probably not get into some crazy levels but and I, you know it's funny too like people wonder about why you can't close with some of these guys the aggression that works you know at the eight minute mark when you're trying to keep yourself in the game doesn't work the same way when the game when the clock winds down at the half court sets and you gotta like really you know you really don't want to foul at that point right like there's the game's just totally different so i don't mind the way that they've kind of dispatch these two groups of guys but it's also the reason i kind of don't want to see dennis smith jr near the end of the game either at least for right now right and so that's why i kind of think the team's built really coolly right now to be able to just just you know put out deploy the i said dispatch but i should have said deploy deploy these guys at sort of the right moments um and mix and match the different groups together and i think they're lucky that this seat not lucky they've done a good job that a lot of these guys just can kind of mix and match together to find the right mix of guys on a different night. We didn't see Lonnie Walker tonight, which I thought was interesting. Oh, but, he was um, out with an injury. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, I misreported that on something else earlier. So <laughs> that is my bad. Um, I thought, I thought he just, oh, okay, well, whatever. Leave it in. Learn from our mistakes. My mistakes. Um, but yeah, no, but in general, that that's really besides the point. Like the fact that like they just have these guys that can go in there to do the things they're best at. Mm -hmm. with other guys that are around them that can surround them to like sort of make sure that the best pieces of them are like are noticed and are appreciated and can actually help you win. I mean, that's kind of the story with some of these guys because they have dudes that are, you know, either kind of good at everything and great at nothing or great at one thing, but it's sort of bad at other stuff. But it all, when it's all put together, the puzzle does kind of start to fit. And frankly, actually, just on the, uh, it was a left hamstring strain, a strain for Lonnie Walker that kept him out tonight. Bridges is the That's man. It's a brutal, like, brutal job by me. Let me just look. I'm going to, I do this for like a literal living. How did I miss this? Uh, oh, there well, we go. Yep. We'll zero. Uh, I'm just going to let everyone know. I did. Oh. I must have known it on some level because mm -hmm. I put Lonnie Walker in for zero minutes when I was predicting the next minutes. Tonight. So stand down, everybody. I did know it. <laughs> Yield. Yield. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but it's actually, it's worth noting too. Like if you had had Lonnie Walker as well, right? That's another bench player. And that's another wave that this team can certainly use. I'm going to level with you. Oh, good. I remember the programming note I wanted to get to because Doug really threw me off with this whole Lonnie Walker thing. Uh, next week, just I want to say this in the full episode, but 
uh, West Coast trip for the Brooklyn Nets. So we're going to be doing things a little bit differently in terms of post-game podcast. We're going to end up giving you those the morning after because, frankly, I was going to say Doug's old, but I'm old too. We're both old. So it's just no one needs to be up at 1 a.m. So be sure to be over on YouTube and dialed in uh, for all the alerts because we'll be doing those the following morning. Just a good programming note for everyone to remember. Anything else you want to get to here, Doug? Yeah, I got a couple here. Um, I think we said this. That it was scheming on cam and help bridges go off. Yeah, so like anytime you bring a double on somebody – Anytime you bring a double on somebody or even like it's like a hedge, like you're going to, it just opens up space. It's just really how quick you can get out of it, right? Like that's either, you, can you split it? I mean, we haven't seen Cam really do that too much. Um, like Curry's great at that, right? Like splitting splitting a double, but we haven't seen Cam do it a ton. Or can you just react quick enough? Now Cam's one problem is he's small, right? So like, unlike, you know, blitzing Luca who can just pass over it, which is why you shouldn't do it that much. But um, Cam's not gonna be able to do that. And we saw that like a lengthy defender, like DeJounte coupled with a guy like Capella, like that's a lot of guy in front of Cam, like to make a read and react moment. So recognizing it earlier and passing out, but then yes, that will open up shots uh, down the line. The only other thing I was going to say was too that it's a good it's a good note about if you want Mikhail Bridges to be able to excel and, and the Nets don't have a you know elite number one superstar you need a guy like Cam Thomas to be drawing the attention of defenses like this it does make the life easier for Mikhail or for anybody even early on in this one for Cameron Johnson like it makes the job easier on the offensive end if teams are running some of these schemes that they were specifically at Cam Thomas the fun thing will be when a team says okay now we're we're going to back off of that we're going to focus on Mikhail. Then it's Cam Thomas's turn to go off, right? And he needs to find that consistency when those opportunities. Can I tell come. you a, a pet? This is not what you're talking about at all, but a pet peeve. I'm this is this is it's why, this why it's, the, it's the bonus podcast podcast. Yeah, pet peeve. Yeah, yeah. You know what I can't stand when people say, Here we go. I, I don't, you don't say when someone says to someone else, you don't know ball. I hate that. That is, the, the, <laughs> please don't say that in the chat. Oh. Don't have that be the response. Don't, ha- don't have your response to something that you don't like be the telling someone else that they don't know. Just prove what you know. Go th- by the way, life lesson here. Go through your life, not telling other people what they don't know. If they don't know it, they're not going to know it anyway. So it doesn't matter. Just say the things you know and go and go about your business. I I'm gonna, I want to start blocking people that write that say you don't know ball. It is such a tell that you might not know anything. Here's <laughs> uh, here's something you might not know, Doug. <laughs> no, I I that that was basically the line around the in season tournament. I watched the Pacers game the other night. And the Nets are out of it. I was like, man, this is electric. This is playoff level basketball. How could you not love it? And I got someone responded to that. They're like, you know, it's like every, every NBA fans are loving this. And they were like, which ones you obviously don't know ball effectively. And I was like, well, what is this? Of course. I, of course. This is like, save your negativity. For do your own. Re- it's your, it's do your own research in basketball form. Like, it's like, oh, you don't know something. You don't know something about the crazy thing I just said. Do your own research. That's like, well, it sounds like you did a lot of research. Why don't you tell me? Just tell me the things you do know. You don't need to tell. You don't, don't tell other people what they don't know. It's just dumb. Anyway, uh, oh. moving on. We have anything else here. That's my, that's my little pet peeve for the night. I don't know. I'm really enjoying. Oh, there we go. Blocked. Like it. <laughs> watch watch your backs now, boys. We're, we're coming for you. Um, uh, no, I think a, a good little rant at the end of, of a live here is perfectly acceptable for me. We have um, so off day. The next thing we do have coming up too. I love programming notes in these bonus episodes. Dorian Finney-Smith. There's a lot of trade talk yeah. going on. Um, Nick Angstad from Locked on Mavs. He talked about this from a Mavs side of things. I have some very interesting trade pitches for the Duckster. So we're going to get into that on our next episode. And then obviously we'll have our game day preview going into Friday and Friday night against the Wizards. So busy week ahead in spite of only having two games on the docket for the Nets. 
Doesn't sound like you know ball. That's what you want to talk <laughs> no, about. There, All right, here but... I am. Once again, just, <laughs> here I am just not knowing ball. What can you do? 30 seconds to get in a question here, and then we're going to get out of here. If you oh, throw nice. in a good Ooh. one here in yeah. the next 30 seconds, I'll throw Naders up here because I thought this was good. Good things usually happen when Claxton rebounds and pushes oh, yeah. the ball off the floor. Guys get easy looks when he stresses the defense. He had a great moment tonight. Rebound, run full, full court run out, bridges, back cut, back cut, slash to the basket. No looked it. Didn't have to no look it, but at that point, you're just showing off. Um, and I thought that was one of the highlights for him. And we've definitely seen more of that. He's confident in the open court. I wish I wish he did it more. In spite of the fact that I don't know ball, I do know that Nicholas Claxton played point guard all through middle school and into high school. Quite frankly, point forward, Nick Claxton, watch your backs. All right, we are going to get out of here. Much appreciated everyone that jumped into YouTube Live, as always. Always more fun to come in after the W, obviously. I mean, we'll, look, we're here wins or losses or but not on West Coast trips. Um, but otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> not within a wins, reasonable hour. Within a reasonable wins hour. Losses, but if it's on a West Coast trip, uh, we'll Before see you in the 11 morning, p.m. My friends, yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to get out of here. Make sure if you are not already subscribed, you subscribe over on YouTube, which you are watching on now. So if it's shame on you if you haven't done it. If you're not on, if you're not listening on podcast, go, just go whatever podcast thing you listen. Even if, here's the thing, even if you don't listen to podcasts, go download one of these podcasts app. Hit subscribe to our podcast. Literally, just don't do anything else. Mm -hmm. That's it. And right. oh, leave us that five star review. Yeah. Don't even listen, but just make sure it comes every day. That just helps us out. Just see those downloads climb. That's all you got to do. Just do that. if you do that, it really, really helps the show. Listen wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back again next time. Talking all things Brooklyn Nets.